0: The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.
1: Good afternoon and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour... You'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews.
0: Good afternoon and welcome to the Authentic Living Show. Why is it so very difficult for us to imagine that we're one with all and that all is one with us? Why is it that we feel so very separate from the divine and each other? Why does any one of us ever feel lonely? Today we're going to answer those questions to the best of our ability given the mystery that is oneness. So if you're suffering with feelings of guilt or emptiness or loneliness or differentness, this show could be for you today. You want to stay here for the whole thing. We're going to talk together about what it really means to be one with all. So first of all, let's, let's talk about this whole concept of oneness. We've been you know poets have been writing about it philosophers have been writing about it for centuries but by and large most of us don't live in that state of oneness and and we're not even sure what that state of oneness would be like and i'm not even sure we can call it a state because a state implies something separate which oneness doesn't imply um, but we don't really feel, we don't, don't really experience our oneness uh, for the largest part, except sometimes when we're meditating. And every now and then, something just opens up inside of us and we just see clearly that all is one. But until those times happen, we live mostly like we're separate from each other and separate from the divine. And most of that is because, as you've heard from me before, we uh, we created a dualistic mindset in an agreement to help facilitate the, the completion of creation itself. So what does that mean? That means that um, you know it, there's one story uh, and it's in the Jewish Tanakh as well as the Christian Bible and is hinted at in the Qumran, Quran that um, that the, the world was creative Adam and Eve were in the Garden of Eden there was a tree of knowledge of good and evil and a tree of life. And Adam, I mean the Eve ate of the tree of knowledge of good, of good and evil and gave to Adam, and Adam also ate. And for in the Christian philosophy, what that means is that uh, Eve invited sin into the world because she disobeyed God and also invited Adam to participate with her, and therefore uh, that's when sin became established. And ever since then, men and women have been born into original sin. So that that means that we're all sinful from the minute we're born. I, I don't agree with that philosophy, um, and, I, and I don't think the actual root language of the, of the Jewish Tanakh and the Christian Bible even says that. Um, I've done a lot of uh, studies uh, about that and wrote my dissertation on that. And um, it, it, basically what that implies is that there's a good and an evil, and that's how it is. And therefore, we have to live with that, and we have to find a way to be good and conquer evil. Elsewise, we'll go to hell, to eternal separation from the divine. So not only do we struggle and strive to be one with the divine here on planet Earth, but then, you know, if you don't get it right, well, you're going to be eternally separated. Um, What I believe that story is actually trying to tell us is that we have to understand duality in order to understand oneness. So the answer to the first question, why is it so difficult for us to imagine that we're one with all and that all is one with us, is that we are taking a journey into duality in order to establish oneness. And that seems very paradoxical, that we would take a journey into duality in order to establish oneness. But um, if you agree with this philosophy, and of course you get to choose, you get to decide whether or not you agree. Um, But if you agree with this idea, what that means is that we are... We absolutely have to go to the ends of duality before we can really know and trust that oneness really is all that there is. So what is duality? Duality is the belief that we're separate from the divine and from each other and from all other things. Uh, Quantum physics is proving that that's not true as these days go by, that we're more and more scientists are beginning to understand that on a quantum level, everything actually is one. Uh, So when I sit in a chair... And I believe that chair is going to hold me up. What I sh- actually is true is that I'm sitting on billions and billions of molecules that are connected to each other by uh, a, a sort of field of unity. Um, and that field is filled with other molecules and other uh, quarks and, and uh, smaller and smaller and smaller pieces of molecules that uh, hold that whole thing up. So it's like if you could look at it like a pyramid, everything is being held up by this fine point of tiny, tiny, tiny molecular structures. Uh, that's what quantum physics is beginning to, to really understand, and uh, and the people that are are involved in quantum physics are asking the most basic and most primal and most important questions with regard to scientific discovery. Uh, in my point of my from my perspective. As to what it is that we're doing here on planet Earth, and what's really true and false about the reality of our lives, and uh, and this and religion, you know, from a philosophical perspective, if we understood the root language of the text that I was just talking about from Genesis, uh, the creation story, uh, it says the same thing. It also says that we are we that fruit of the knowledge of the tree of good and evil was actually. Uh, we, we incorporated into the body-mind, we ate, therefore incorporated into the body-mind uh, the idea of duality so that we could really play with that idea long enough to discover that it's false. And actually we have to prove what is false in order to prove what is true, and scientists everywhere will tell us that. Um, so that's kind of, it's kind of like this is what we're doing. We're really here to, to accomplish a feat, of, of of great importance so that once we really all have established the idea that duality is not true, then we can begin to live into oneness and the entire universe will will have been created at another level. We will have completed what we came here to do and I don't know what will happen after that but, you know, if there is an after that, I don't think there actually is an after or a before because all is one. Um, so, So that's important to sort of just sort of put as a groundwork. There is no sinfulness in our walking through duality. There's no mistake in our being able, not being able to feel one with everything. But there is a journey we're taking, and the journey is toward oneness through duality. Um, Just like the journey to find Mr. and Miss Wright, or Miss Wright, not both, (laughs) is. is a journey through a lot of heartbreak and a lot of you know kissing a lot of frogs before we can find the prince or princess that meets meets that kind of um, of, of sort of oneness that we really want to establish as a, with a soulmate. So um, it's really it's really important first to establish that there's no mistake in our not being able to experience that all the time. But those of us who have begun to sort of peek under the covers and see that, yes, indeed, things really are one. And we have experienced that on some level at some point in our lives. Um, many people that I've talked to have had some kind of experience with oneness. One person I know had, was uh, sitting in meditation one time and asked to have, um, her, to be able to see her guides. And she opened her eyes and there was a room full of guides and it scared her so bad she just wanted to close her eyes again and not see that. Uh, you know, it's, it, it, that was a, an experience of the oneness of, of life. That somewhere uh, these things are hidden from us and yet she was allowed to see it that day. Many of us have experienced uh, a, a complete uni- unity feeling. A feeling of union with all things and all people and all, uh, all events and all circumstances and all time and all feelings and all thoughts in one moment when we were in meditation. We, many of us have experienced that. And those of us who have um, begin to understand that religious, religious experience cannot be defined in any one religion. That's one thing. We begin to understand that every religion is an attempt to connect again with this feeling of oneness uh, and you know there are many roads to Mecca, as they say in uh, Islam. There's not; it's not a one thing. There's no one way to get there. Uh, so just like we have to again walk through many difficult and and heartbreaking relationships in order to find the one that really is going to meet our needs in this life, then. In the same way, we have to make a lot of mistakes. We have to take a lot of curves and twists in the road to get to a place where we can really open up enough to begin to have the experiences of oneness that I'm talking about. And, uh, you know, sometimes that involves just breaking open. Just, you know, we're just totally broken. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it is, is from a heightened experience where things are going really well, and we suddenly are able to see that you know all of this is a part of a of some kind of 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 uh, s- scheme or, or schemata for our lives that we have uh, that we have that our psyches have for us that our souls have for us, and so you know the 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 idea that we're separate from each other is false. We're not separate from each other. We, we can, many people do experience empathy as a way of explaining oneness. We all can have that. Certainly, even on the other side of the world, when we hear about tragedies that happen on the other side of the world, if only for a moment we're able to feel the amazing, terrible pain that people in that particular tragedy must be feeling. Many people are very concerned about the Syrian refugees still today and, 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 and the argument about whether or not they should be shut out of our country because many people can feel what it must be like to be a refugee from a country you love and to come to a strange country and hope against hope that somebody will allow you to find a home there. Um, and uh, many of us feel the, the pain of what it's like to feel hope, homeless. What, does, what is that like? Many of us understand what it's like to walk through a period, a dark night of the soul, a depression, uh, a period of intense heartbreak, a period of intense grief. Because we've either been through it ourselves or we just can see what that must be like for that other person. Uh, These are the feelings of oneness that connect us. These are the the, 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 the ways in which we are actually telling ourselves that we really can feel what other people feel. And some people can feel it more than others. Some people don't feel it at all but when we do feel it it is a recognition that we have the capacity to connect with the people on that really deep soulful level where we're one with each other so so what is loneliness i think that loneliness is missing the self it's 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 a way of saying i'm not connected to me therefore i feel like i need someone or something from the external world to fill in the holes inside of me when I see people that very commonly come into my office and tell me how lonely they are and how they can't seem to find anybody to meet their needs and they can't seem to make friends and they can't seem to ha- find lovers and they, they're they just so lonely. And, uh, you know, my encouragement is going to be to, to help them to, to both, yes, reach out to see if they can find other friends and even find lovers, but also to get in touch with who they are. Because even if they find a lover or a friend, it might not last because they're so filled with empty holes that they're they're they might you know be so desperate that that other person might feel uh, threatened by the relationship, or they might they might lose the relationship for some other reason that's not that has anything to do with them, and then they're going to be back to square one in their loneliness again. So loneliness is missing the self, and what is the self? Well, now there's a question. One of the things that uh, is uh, is written about in the Tathagatagarbha, which is a a, a Buddhist uh, sutra um, about Tathagatagarbha, and it what it basically is teaching about is that whole idea of self, no self, that uh, that we hear so much about. If you're listening and uh, um, paying attention to sort of spiritual enlightenment information, the self, no self. A lot of people think that no self means that you're that, that your personality just disappears that um, that you become absorbed into the ethers and you're just not you don't exist as an individual anymore I don't agree with that I certainly honor their opinions but I don't agree with that I think that um, that we that there is no loss in oneness we don't lose anything in oneness everything is gained and I think that um, when we when we tap into oneness what happens is there's a there's an awareness of, of, um, of both the about of both the self that we have come to know at a deep level, and a simultaneity to a bigger self, a bigger, larger, universal energy that we are absolutely one with. That it is us, and we are it. And uh, when we do tap into that, we, we don't. When we tap into that through meditation or through some sudden insight, or something like that, or through watching a beautiful scene, and we feel very one with it. uh, The self doesn't go away. The, The experience of our existence doesn't go away. The self is just a channel through which we experience existence. And we experience it this way because we've come into this life in this form with this self. And that also adds to the oneness so we don't give up ourselves when we when we become enveloped in the oneness. We actually come to know ourselves at a deeper level, um, and I think that's what the authentic self is. So this this show is all about the authentic self. It's all about becoming aware of who we are at that deepest, most fundamental, essential level. And at that level, we do tend to experience ourselves as uh, as a self, an experiencing self, but also as united with all other things and people and places, events and circumstances and time and feelings and thoughts. Um, so so the self, again, does not go away. Our experience of the self does not go away. We're having that experience. It's a real experience for us. And uh, and it can only be described as unitive, where we, we just... Feel union, uh, a union with our, with everything else and everyone else on the planet, and and maybe even in the universe. And it's a, it's quite often a very, um, very blissful experience or a very peaceful experience that's profound in its depth of peace and or depth of bliss. Uh, so people explain that, see that, and they want to hold on to that. And they want to have that experience for the rest of their lives. And they feel like they've somehow failed their meditation if they can't quite really hold on to that all the time. And uh, and so we, we have this human part of us, and we have this this other non-human part of us, or, or that's how we tend to think about it, that's actually more divine and less human. And, and so there's this struggle between the human part of us and that part of us that we see as divine. Well, we're going to talk about that struggle right after the break, and we might find that it's not even necessary. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel Spoiler alert, a space of being may cause spontaneous laughter, extra money, ease, joy, magic showing up in your life and outrageously orgasmic moments. Join Grace Hart live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave channel where she combines her psychic abilities and the tools of access consciousness to assist you to create a totally different reality and transform your personal and professional life including relationships and finance. I wonder what magical possibilities await you at a space of being.
1: Are you a spiritual seeker? Have you always pondered the deeper questions in life? Have you looked at many spiritual paths and found some answers, but are looking for more? The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse, brings you each week practical spiritual teachings and tools that promote self-mastery, higher consciousness, and the opportunity to connect with the Ascended Masters. Join Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy as we explore the universe of spirituality. Live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Seventh Wave Channel. Being Here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss being here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane. Right here on the Seventh Wave Network.
0: The Voice America Seventh Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. And The Authentic Living Show is sponsored by the American Institute of Holistic Theology. AIHT offers degrees in interfaith and interspiritual educational programs that enable you to not only find your own authentic spirituality, but to bring your unique gift to the world in service upon graduation. At AIHT, you can get a master's doctorate or ministerial bachelor's degree, and the doctoral programs are broken down so that you can get a Ph.D., a doctor of ministry, or in the holistic theology program, a doctor of theology degree. The programs in which you may get these degrees are holistic theology, holistic health, holistic ministries, metaphysics, and parapsychology. These courses offer depth and meaning to not only your own spiritual search for truth and peace, but to your capacities to bring your healing, loving, guiding gifts to the world. What's most important to AIHT's model is the exploratory nature of studies that reach to the depths of all the world's religions, traditions, and paths, and even to transcend them to find the mystical core of them all in order to facilitate your own journey to your own authentic spirituality by utilizing, as your text-writing teachers, spiritual experts from all over the world. You can learn more about what's offered by going to www.aiht.edu. Or if you'd like to talk directly to the admissions director, call Beverly Love at 800-650-4325. You know, Oprah says education is the key to unlocking the world. A passport to freedom. Call and get your passport today. And we're talking today about oneness, why it is that we find it so difficult to stay in a, in, a, in a, an awareness of oneness and feel that and walk in that and talk in that and, and, and participate in that in our daily living all day, every day. Why is that so difficult? And what we said at first was that the reason it's so difficult is because we are walking through duality in order to, to finalize oneness oneness. Um, And if you want to go back and listen to that part of the segment of the show, you certainly can. We also said that there tends to be a struggle, and we said this just before the break, there tends to be a struggle between what we consider to be our human part and our more divine part. And I want to talk about that because that's a central issue to this whole concept of oneness and why we, we don't experience it all the time. The fact is that first fact that's sort of a foundation of everything else that's going to be said after this is this. When we're struggling against what we call our human part, we are struggling against oneness because the human part is one with everything else. When we struggle against anything in our lives, we are struggling against oneness because oneness is everything. And and so that is what I think the Buddha Meant when he talked about uh, detachment, because if we can just let go, what happens is we fall back into oneness, and it allows us to be at peace with having let go. Uh, so there's there's this wonderful idea that everything that we're attracted to in life is also attracted to us. When we when we meet the right person, that person also was looking for us, uh, or if they weren't <clears throat> excuse me if they weren't looking then at least they did find us. And either way, what happens is there is a connection between they they fall in love with us and we fall in love with them. So it's a mutuality. And the same is true with all of life, that everything in life that we want and hunger for and long for also wants us and longs for us and hungers for us. So, you know, it, and the truth is everything is oneness. So we, ha- we aren't really without those things. We're, there's nothing that we don't have. Everything is already ours because we're one with everything. And, but there's so many people out there striving after that goal to get to have to to uh, to finally be that person they think they ought to be, and they struggle between the person that they are today and the person they want to be, or they struggle between have between what they don't have and trying to get what they don't have, or they struggle between the 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 improved model of the self and the old model that isn't very likable to them uh, and 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 thus struggle ensues and ensues over time and what happens then is that we just stay more split off from the self so uh, what I recommend is that is that we begin to to get to a, allow ourselves to move into a sort of spirit of detachment where we can kind of say all right that's what I really want, and if it wants me, then I'll have it. <laughs> and if I do, if I don't, if it doesn't, then then I won't experience that in this lifetime, and that'll be okay because I don't really. It's it, everything is already mine anyway. Uh, <laughs> there is nothing that I that I want that I don't already have, in some way, shape, form, or fashion. Now. S- You know, some people say, well, yeah, that sounds good as a philosophy, but in real life there's people that are starving. Absolutely, there are. And I think that we all have to walk through periods of starvation of some sort. Starving for love, starving for food, starving for money, starving for time, starving for energy, starving for health, starving for a mindset that we want, starving for bliss, starving for peace, starving for all the things that we so long for. And and that starving is a sort of a metaphor that's true for everyone on the planet. The truth is that we're also one with everyone on the planet who's hungry for food. And um, in that way, we can feel what they feel, know what they know, experience what they experience, and thereby respond to them accordingly. We can give what is in us to give to that. You can give money to it. You can go, actually, to the places where people are starving and try to help out. You can, you know, there's all kinds of things we can choose to do if we're willing to do it. There's certainly enough money on this planet to go around. The problem is that some people are hoarding it. And uh, and uh, there is no limit to the energy that is that we call money. There is no inner limit to supply because all things are one. Everything is one, so therefore there can't be any limit to what is supply the supply for our existence, and and if the if everything is one, then I'm the billionaire that's hoarding his money is one with the person who's starving in India or Africa or America, and uh, and we we in order for us to facilitate that that oneness and as an experience for all those people, both the billionaire and the starving people we have to be able to experience oneness and that is our challenge with every problem that we have on planet earth our challenge is to move into oneness with it and to experience that oneness and as we do that as each individual begins to do that more and more we change we change the world we change our thinking we may change even the planet we may change the physicality of things who knows what what's possible once we really do get into oneness Many, many people have experienced in meditation the, the uh, process of healing the physical body through Reiki and other such uh, therapies that allow the oneness of one person to reach out to the oneness of another person and, and and really gather that oneness together in one place and heal. Heal things, heal heal body parts, heal mindsets, heal things in all kinds of ways. Um we talk about, in the Western world, we talk about Jesus as the healer, um, as a primary one of the primary healers, but we deny the possibility that any human could do that, because Jesus, according to the Western motif, is considered to be uh, the Son of God, the only Son of God, and none of us can do what He did. And yet Jesus Himself said, greater things than these will you do, because I go to the Father. So He said, I'm leaving now. You, you know, this is stuff you guys can do, too. Just do it. Because why? Because we're all one. Um, and that's one of the reasons that I believe Jesus was not the only Son of God. He was demonstrating for us, all of us, that we are all sons of God, sons of the divine, sons of the soul, sons of, of the oneness, where we uh, we all have the same capacities to heal that He did. Um, and, we, and we can even do greater than He did because you know we've reached into this age of technical world we because there's many of us and only one of him because of all kinds of reasons uh, but but to say well we can't do that because he was the one and we should worship him but we we won't well, uh, we won't allow ourselves to have the same abilities even though he himself said we could do it better even greater than he did so uh, i think it's very interesting the way we split off our thinking in order to to hold on to those beliefs but it but it, but those beliefs are just yet another pathway that we're utilizing through duality to get to oneness, because everything is going to lead to oneness, because everything is one. Uh, so it, it always ca- falls down to that, you know, and there is a mystery to oneness. I, I certainly can't say that I can put it into words. I can try today to describe it to you as best I can, as I have been doing, but I but I but their words don't ever really completely fully understand it uh, or explain it words can't do that but but words can help us bridge the bridge the gap in our thinking so that we can begin to assimilate that and go through the process of duality toward oneness so let's talk a little bit, a bit more about that struggle. Part of that struggle is, is, is through th- such feelings as guilt, emptiness, loneliness, and, and the feeling that we're different from other people. I work, let me start with the last one first. I work with a lot of people who think that they're different from other people. They feel very different from other people. And the truth is we live in a world where one of our attempts at oneness is to be just like everybody else. It's an interesting phenomenon that differentness is not really allowed, in, uh, not really accepted, not really um, wanted in the world. We want everybody to look the same, walk the same, act the same, talk the same, and everybody should dress the same and have the same kind of income and have the same kind of look and... and um, and cult social mores etc cetera, etc cetera. uh and when they're different we reject them out of hand because they're not part of our oneness so i think that's an interesting game we play at oneness uh, it's not true it's not a true game of course and it, it doesn't it doesn't measure into anything close to truth but it does it does uh, make some kind of faux attempt at oneness the truth is, however, that we're afraid of differentness because it allow doesn't allow us to see that differentness is also one, and and that, that's the beauty of that. What we were saying a little while ago about the concept of self and no self in the uh, Buddhist faith, that uh, that we that the self is also no self, and the no self is also self. Uh, when we when we move into no self. What they're saying is that's the place of oneness where we're sort of gathered into the ocean. We're a molecule in the ocean and we're gathered into the ocean. But the molecule doesn't cease to be a molecule at that point. It, it it's, it's just notices that it's one with the ocean. Um, and in that same way, differentness is a still part of the design of humanity even though it's different. It looks different from us, and yet the truth is every person on the planet is unique. There's not two people on the planet who are exactly the same, just like there's not two fingerprints on the planet that are exactly the same, or two earprints on the planet that are exactly the same. We have have information from our science now that tells us that we are very unique individual persons, and yet, simultaneously, we are one with everyone else. So again, we don't lose our uniqueness. We're always afraid of that. We're afraid if I, if I just detach, you know, from all kinds of things and people and ideas and places and hopes and dreams and all that, that, that I'm just going to lose myself. I'm, I'm not going to be really in existence at all. But that isn't true because your differentness is a part of the oneness. Your uniqueness is a part of the oneness. And it's necessary to the oneness or it wouldn't exist. So your uniqueness is essential to, the, to planet Earth. Every, everything that you are is essential to planet Earth, to everyone else here. Uh, and you have an energy that you give to the oneness that nobody else can give, just like you do. So while you may find similarities between yourself and other people, you will also find differences between yourself and other people. And are the similarities exactly the same? Usually not. So You know That whole idea that everybody's supposed to fit into that little mold that society, especially the Western culture, has for everyone else, that everyone is supposed to be a certain way, and that some of the Eastern cultures have, where women are supposed to be acculturated in a certain way, and men are supposed to be acculturated in another certain way. And if they're not, there's serious punishment involved. Um, Those ideas come from an idea that come from a sort of point of reference that we should all look alike which is based in an idea primarily under it all in oneness. Because we believe, mistakenly believe, that oneness means sameness. Of course it doesn't mean sameness. It means oneness. (laughs) Uh, And everybody can be unique. Where one one person can wear blue jeans and a a jacket, another person can wear a formal outfit. And they could both go to the same party and everything would be fine. But we've established these shoulds about sameness because we are afraid of uniqueness. Simultaneously, we're afraid of oneness. Uh, Marianne Williamson was very clear in her statement that the thing we fear the most is our own strength, and the thing that makes us strongest is oneness. The thing that makes us most aware is oneness. The thing that makes us most alive is oneness. And, and so it, the thing that makes us most unique Actually, is oneness, and so when we when we talk about the self, no self, what we have to understand is that there's not a there's not an either or. It's either I'm myself or I'm no self. It's there's no either or. There's never an either or. Uh, uh, there's a both and, and uh, and the either or flies out the win- window the minute you step into that awareness of oneness, that we suddenly become fully aware that. Um, that differentness is one, as well as sameness is one, and um, and so we don't have to lose anything when we step into oneness. Detaching is different from losing. Detaching means I know that everything is one, therefore I can let this go. If it's if it's if I'm to experience it on a different level, it'll come to me. If I'm not, it won't, and we'll see. I can let that go because everything is one and there's nothing that I am without. There's a, a, a famous um, Bible verse in Psalms in the Jewish Tanakh and the Christian Bible that says uh, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I think that is an absolute statement of oneness. Because it, it says uh, whatever you think the Lord means well, that's very individual and everyone has their own Imago Dei um, but uh, so whatever you think that means, that's what it means to you. That Lord, for you, is your shepherd. And, and therefore, you cannot want. What I, what, the way I see that is oneness, which is divine, is my shepherd. Therefore, I cannot want. So everything is one. My soul, my body, my mind is all one. And, uh, and, and um, so I can't really miss out on anything. I won't miss having anything that I need or want because I'm in oneness. Now, I can live outside of that experience in duality and, and really feel that I'm missing a lot of things. Like we said, there's starving children everywhere. Um, but, but that is an experience of duality. And so we have to experience duality in order to move toward oneness. And that part of duality is suffering. The suffering that is starvation is a part of duality. And but it is also a part of oneness in that it is moving us toward oneness. It brings us, has the opportunity or, or, or makes it possible for us to move into oneness. The more we are aware of what goes on in the world, the more we become one with what goes on in the world. We're going to talk some more about that right after the break. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Why spiritual spelunking? Why tending to our inner garden? Why devoting time to inner being when so much external doing calls upon us? An Indian sage put it wisely, your own self-realization is the greatest service you can render the world. Join host Geel Asalan as he serves as both guide and companion on the journey within. Nurturing the spiritual spelunker in all of us can be heard every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Seventh Wave Channel.
1: How do we move forward? It's all a process of clearing and cleaning, as well as reconnecting. Tune into Transformation with Laota Rasul and Ahad Rasul on our program. We'll showcase the strategies and techniques that help us with these processes. You can't move forward until you are in the right position to heal your space and place. Reveal the true self to yourself. Listen for Transformation every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America.
0: Be visionary. This is the Voice America Seventh Wave Channel. we're back for our final segment, I want to finish talking about that struggle between the, what we call the human and the divine parts of us. Um, we call them parts because we believe in duality. There are no parts. There is only oneness. But given that we think of it that way, let's talk about it that way. Emptiness is one of those things that, um, that we experience when we feel like we're out of sync with the rest of the world. We're out of sync with ourselves. We're out of sync with life. And uh, we just feel like there's an empty hole inside of us, and we have fallen into it. And so we walk around with this feeling of of, of really deep em- emptiness. And yet, one of the things that very commonly draws people to an experience of oneness is that very feeling of emptiness. So the emptiness is a recognition uh, on some level that the identity that we have lived into which isn't the authentic self, but a mask and costume we wear because that's what our parents needed us to be, what society needs us to be, etc., that is very empty. It finally, ultimately does not get us to what we hoped we would get. It very commonly doesn't even get us its primary goal, which is belonging. We want to belong to the people who we love and cherish, Commonly doesn't get us that because those people who demand that we change so they'll like us don't really know how to belong to us anyway. Um, So we, we live in that empty place until we say, wait a minute, I need to experience my life, my essence, my deepest soul self. Whether or not I have belonging with my parents or society or the people that I want to love me. Um, I, can, I can chase after all the wrong people for all the wrong reasons for an entire lifetime. Hoping against hope that they'll finally turn and say, yes, I love you or I accept you or I don't reject you. And we can do that in all kinds of ways from um, literally trying to be in a relationship with them to trying to bargain with other people who are just like them. Uh, we can we can live into that paradigm and have these people in our heads. Our parents can live in our heads even long after they're gone and still dictate our actions because we're still hoping that somehow we can get them to like us or love us or not reject us. Um, so those are just some of the paradigms that we can live out of that drive us to emptiness. They drive us to that empty hole that says, yeah, this is just totally futile. It's not getting me anywhere. I'm doing the same old thing, looking for different results, and I am completely empty, completely exhausted from trying so hard to, to bargain with life to uh, try to get it to come into my terms. But finally, we get to emptiness, and emptiness is the place where we are most likely to find oneness, paradoxically. And uh, the Buddha talked about that. Uh, the, Tao, the Tao talks about that, that feeling of emptiness that leads us to all wholeness. Uh, an awareness of who we are as a, uh, a molecule in the ocean. And an awareness that, that that makes us more vibrant, more alive, more full, more whole, more real, instead of less so. We're we're afraid that if we join in oneness with all things and all people, that we become less important, less meaningful, less l- less of something real. We uh, we get lost in the shuffle of all the other molecules in the ocean. But that isn't true. It it just the opposite happens. We become more alive, more aware, more more full of life, more uh, uh, it, sort of entangled. If you use entanglement theory, with all the other molecules in the ocean. Uh, it's the same with guilt. You know, guilt is one of those things that makes us feel really separate from other people. We're bad and they're good. Uh, We've done something wrong and they don't do these things wrong. We, we need to apologize to them. They need to forgive us. We are bad people in some kind of way. And whether the guilt is over something we have actually done that actually did harm somebody or whether it's imagined guilt or guilt that's distorted, and believes it's wrong when it really isn't, Whether, regardless of what the source of the guilt is, it still seems to separate us from other people. And uh, therefore, it is, not, uh, it is one of those things we, we want to avoid. And, and literally, people will get themselves in all kinds of distorted lifestyles and patterns of living just trying to make sure they don't ever have to feel guilty. Because guilt is such an awful feeling and they hate feeling it. And therefore, guilt is actually running their lives. They're, they're actually being led around like by the nose in their ring with, for, by guilt, even if it's distorted and, and it thinks it's doing wrong things when it's really not. They're still being led around by, uh-oh, I don't want to feel guilty, so I'll go ahead and do this thing that I don't really want to do. Because if I do, then I won't feel guilty later. Um, and that feeling is a feeling of separation. Is a feeling that says, um, I'm separate from you. I can't really belong to you unless I can please you, unless I can do everything right in a way that makes you feel okay, and then I don't have to feel guilty. Um, and what that person is actually seeking, as most of us are, is a feeling of belonging. Uh, there's two, two people, Furman and Gia, who wrote uh, the f- uh, book called The Trauma Wound, And it talks about how we've all gotten ourselves in a hypnotic state because um, we, um, because we, when we were born, our parents did not relate to us as authentic people, but related to us from the perspective of their own projections onto us. So they were relating to who they wanted us to be instead of relating to who we actually were. And therefore, we became who they wanted us to be so that we could stay in relationship with them. So what we're really seeking is that belonging to our parents. We want to belong to everyone else in the world. We want to feel that feeling of belonging. And that's what uh, very commonly uh, is a big problem among adolescents and, and children today, is they don't feel like they belong to a group of people. That's why we have cliques in high schools. Is because in that clique, everybody belongs. Even if they have to give up their authenticity, they feel like they can belong to do that. Of course, they don't really belong because there's not. they're not who knows them? Nobody knows them because they're hiding their authenticity to be a part of the group. Um, but uh, that feeling of belonging is is the very longing for that oneness that we're talking about today. That we feel like we're missing it. It's gone. It's absent from our lives. Therefore, we have to find it somewhere else, some, and in some external reality, through other people, through money, through sex, through... Uh, through work, through success, through all kinds of things that will make us feel like we have finally gotten that sense that we're worthy and that we belong here with other people. Um, that's what it gives us. It gives us that final feeling of, of, of belonging. Um, and that's what we're looking for. But that feeling of belonging is actually a feeling of oneness. And uh, so again, that, that, that feeling of guilt that sort of separates us from other people is actually a pathway to oneness. Because when we get to the end of guilt, there's oneness. When we get to the end where we can just go, you know what? I don't feel guilty about that anymore. I don't feel guilty that you're not pleased with what I do because I know you're you and you've got your own way of looking at things and and you may be perceiving me wrongly or I may be perceiving the whole thing wrongly. But either way, we're already connected. I don't need to strive to be connected to you because we're already connected. Even if you don't like me, we're still connected. We're still connected by the bridge that says you don't like me. <laughs> so it, it, there is no way to separate from other people, places, things, events, circumstances, thoughts, feelings, emotions. There's, there's no separation because everything is one. But everyone in that and every thought in that is a unique part or element of the oneness, which ultimately is the creation itself. So we are still in the process of creating planet Earth. That's where we started uh, the show today, talking about how duality started in the creation story. We are still in the process of creating planet Earth. Many have been taught that creation was done And there's a lot of creationists out there saying it was done 6,000 years ago. And, of course, that's not even possible based in science. But, um, you know, the idea is that it it happened once and it was done. We created the picture and it's done now. Uh, But, actually, if you paint a picture and you hang it on the wall, everybody who sees that picture recreates it in their own minds. So it's never done being created. It's always being recreated. And the same thing is true with every person that gets born onto planet Earth. They recreate the wor- world in a new way because they bring a new energy to the planet. And so what's happening in this whole process, the big, large, universal process here, where it includes all of humanity from the beginning of humanity till its till its end, if it ever does end, that, uh, is that we are all in this process of sort of exchanging uh, energetic Uh, elements of reality so that we can finally get to the place of oneness where we experience oneness. It's not just a thought or a philosophy. It's an actual experience. And It's an experience in our body. It's an experience in our minds. It's an experience in our souls. It's an experience in our spirituality. It's an experience in our emotions. We experience it on every level. So what would it be like to experience oneness in a physical body? Well, Uh, I I have, and many other people that I know have experienced oneness in the physical body. Uh, And it feels very much like the body is much more alive. It feels like the body is connected to the mind and the heart and the soul and the spirit, all as a oneness and with everything else on planet Earth. And from the perspective of quantum physics, the body is also connected to the air around it. And the air around it is connected to other bodies, and we're so we are all one from the perspective of quantum physics. Quantum physics, that's the unified field theory that Einstein talked about, where everything is sort of baseline um, connected to everything else, and uh, so so. When we talk about this whole thing of the, the physical body, we tend to want to say, well, that's just separate from the mind and the heart. It's the physical body. So when, when something goes wrong in the physical body, uh, we tend to think, well, that means that I ate the wrong thing or I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm taking the wrong pills or I'm, you know, some virus, some bacteria has gotten me or something like that. But and that some of those things may be true, but also it's true that our immune system broke down to some degree to allow that to happen. And um, when that happens, there's something going on inside us. And very commonly what we find out, what we're learning today in particular, is that stress is one of those things that breaks down the immune system so that we cannot function as well physically. And that's a kind of way of looking at oneness, that the mind is also a part of the body. So it can create sort of these physical illnesses are open, at least open the door to these physical illnesses so that we experience being sick as a part of that duality that we talked about earlier um, that I'm sick now so now I'm one with sickness <laughs> and, and so what does that mean that means that you know I'm not feeling well I have to rest I have to take it easy and I have to heal in that process if we're really doing some work with what also goes on in the mind we may experience oneness through the illness itself so there's many ways that seem to us to be dark paths, and there are, there are. There are dark paths, but then we think of darkness as separate from the light because we think in dualistic terms. Actually, darkness is not separate from the light. It's different from the light, but it's not separate from the light. They are one and the same energy. Um, so when, when, when we walk through a dark path, we're also walking in the light through the dark path which is an interesting phenomenon uh, because sometimes in the dark path is when we find ourselves at the most deepest, most fundamental levels. So that's what we have about oneness today. I, 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 I know that we've talked about it in, ter- in mysterious terms because it is mysterious. But the truth of our experience is that we are all headed toward oneness. We're all headed toward an experience of oneness and we are also all one now. So then it's like building to the experience of oneness. Will that be bliss all the time? Peace all the time? I don't know. But I do know that when I do experience it, it is peaceful. And, and, and so when we, ha- when we experience life on, those, on that level, we will, will we suffer? Will we continue to suffer? Some people say no. I'm not sure because suffering also is part of the oneness. That's what we got for today. We'll be back again next week for more. So remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself.
1: Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week.